0: Hello, welcome back to another Rheumatology.physio blog read. It's Jack March here from Rheumatology.physio and this blog is entitled Rheumatology Reflections 2020. A little bit of a favour to ask first, um, I have a new Facebook page for all things Rheumatology.physio so if that is your preferred method of social media then head over there And find it just need to type rheumatology.physio into Facebook or if you find the blog itself on my website you'll be able to click on a link which will take you directly there. Give it a follow and all the information that you may wish about projects coming from um, rheumatology.physio will be posted there in a timely manner. So on to today's blog. I want to do a little bit, something a little bit different in this blog, which looks back at some different things I've learned in rheumatology, but also what I have learned about messaging and promotion, which I hope helps a few people along the way. We have the return of the now recurrent features, legend of the blog, and all the way at the end, the musical accompaniment. As Evie Martin told me, she's unable to read and listen to my music at the same time. So if that's you as well, then just get to the end, crank the volume right up and listen to it. It's a particularly heavy version of a song today. It's great. As usual, please do consider heading to the shop, rheumatology.physio forward slash shop, to find more resources and support me to continue this hairbrain project. As usual, feedback is greatly appreciated and any further reading for me, please send it my way. Please remember this blog is not a replacement for clinical reasoning and if you are unsure get advice legend of the blog this week's legend is michael schumacher not the f1 driver but this michael schumacher's websites are just as fast he took my frankly embarrassing website and made it into the one you are you can see my blogs on today he has also been heavily involved with Physiomatters and therapy live smashing websites and marketing without even breaking a sweat He is on Twitter, but best to email him michael at hmdg.co.uk if you're interested um, in a shiny, lovely, fast website. And he and his team will build you um, an absolutely amazing, easy to use site that, in all honesty, um, I could not do a lot of the projects that I'm currently doing without. Introduction. I learned a lot in 2020. I think we all did a lot of rheumatology, myself and also promotion messaging. I've written some of the reflections here and hopefully there are some things to learn and evaluate for your own projects. We will cover women compared to men in axial spondyloarthritis, polymyalgia rheumatica, posting regularly and spending money. So women compared to men in axial spondyloarthritis. For as long as I can remember, I've known that men and women are different in the context of axial spondyloarthritis. It is, however, one of those things that was just intuitive knowledge. I saw any patients in clinic and made that conclusion. I never then really did anything about it. It was only when I started teaching and Brightspark MSK therapists called me on the lack of detail provided that I realised the depth of my ignorance. Luckily, in 2020, a few things went my way. First, it turns out this is also much of the rheumatology community's position, as well as work was underway to improve. Second, there was a webinar set up with the title Women and Axial Spondyloarthritis. It was truly excellent and some real details of the differences which enabled me to write an entire blog and create a new section for my courses. Result. I have said it a few times but I am so grateful to ARMA and their presenters. Thank you. I've provided a summary of that blog as a slide. Men. More likely radiographic. Increased incidence of uveitis and they're more likely to meet the modified New York criteria. Simply, they have more classical disease. Women, more likely to be non-radiographic and slower to progress if they do become radiographic. Increased extra-articular manifestations such as emphysitis, psoriasis and inflammatory bowel disease. And they have a greater subjective disease activity, widespread pain and work productivity loss. Polymyalgia I put this blog into this because it marked the first time I think I saw results of posting regularly. It was the seventh in seven weeks and I was beginning to struggle with motivation and ideas. Fortunately, Professor Dasgupta's webinar was 11 out of 10 good and I pushed myself to write the blog to get it out on schedule. The promotional tweet alone reached 15,000 plus accounts and coincided with an increase in course bookings through my shop. This relit the fire in my brain that if I kept up providing good information, therapists wanted. I could keep the lights on and feed myself with CBD materials. Not literally, obviously. This hasn't always been plain sailing. I've had to cancel courses through COVID restrictions and more embarrassingly remote courses because no one booked on. I like to think my work is of sufficient quality, so certainly something else was a barrier to this. I suspected visibility might be the issue. Posting regularly. I made the decision to post a blog every week once my new design website, courtesy of Michael, was up and running for a few reasons. Mostly I wanted to increase visibility of my work to maximize the number of people who learned from it. But of course, so that more people would land on my site and hopefully find their way to the shop. Shameless plug, go to the shop. It genuinely keeps the lights on. An unexpected benefit of this regular posting is that it has reignited my enjoyment of seeking out learning opportunities, writing and engaging on Twitter about clinical topics. No longer is it a chore each week. In fact, I was a little irked at taking a week off writing for Christmas. The regular posting has generated a little following of regular readers, supporters, retweeters and engagers, which is really awesome. Not everyone creates learning materials and such. And I don't know if they are quite aware of the impact of a thank you or tagging a colleague slash friend has on the creator. It really is fantastic to receive the feedback and do more and do it better. Thank you to anyone who engaged shared or feedback In 2020. Spending money. Free CBD is rife these these days. I should know I'm involved in creating an absolute heap of it. Physiomatters, Therapy Live, this website. And it is very easy to bounce from free webinar to free webinar. A few things I notice when I pay compared to, to attend for free. It focuses the mind. I tend to drift if it's free. I don't seem so invested, which is ridiculous because of course cost does not necessarily reflect quality. More than that, though, it makes me feel supportive of the creator-slash-presenter. I've resolved to engage with paid content after attending a free event, where possible, leading me to have spent not an insignificant amount of money on CBD in the last few months. The other aspect to this section is the website. I really think I was hampered by my crappy website before. Spending the money investing in it has propelled everything I have done since in a way I had absolutely not anticipated up the Google page on searches, an incredibly improved user experience and saving me so much time keeping it updated. If I could make one suggestion to anyone wanting to increase their impact, it's get Michael and the HMDG team to rebuild your website. It is worth every damn penny. End. I hope this gives some insight into some reflections of mine over the last 12 months. I would be fascinated to hear from anyone who has had a similar journey so we can all learn from each other. Please do do provide feedback so that I might grow and improve and see you on the next blog. So this week's music choice is "Drengi." We Can Do What We Want. We put our name in the course. We put our lives on the line. We can do. We can do. We can do what we want. I'll see you next time on the blog and I hope you enjoy this 30 seconds of "Drengi" that doesn't get me into any copyright issues. Crank this one right up.